Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Saturday, August 13th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created, along with weather data, in order to make one money line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, yesterday, three and one on the A grade plays, B grade plays, still continuing to roll. It's about three weeks in a row that those have gone well. Um, still good times here, having a lot of fun with this. Hopefully, the winning continues. I made the comment before. I think the models sync a lot of things really well that the sports books are missing out on and that other people are missing out on, and we've been able to take advantage of those opportunities. And like I've said before, we'll just be grateful for the great run. Hope it continues. Let's still be reasonable with our wager sizes. Let's remember our fundamentals on that. Don't get too carried away. But as it is, let's just keep trying to ride it and continue to hope that the model um, has the success it's had as of late. Like I said, it's been a blast. And I think we can keep it rolling today. A lot of plays I like today. A lot of B plays. And like I said, those have been playing really well for the last several weeks I got a lot of those for you today, some things to think on in those. But before we get to the slate today, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way, assuming you turn notifications on, to ensure that you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides, share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. Also partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know where bias they can't identify. And today their favorite play is back at Saratoga Race 8. No, excuse me, Race 6. Race 6 today. You can check out their YouTube shows or their website. The links are in the description. 16 games today. One doubleheader. A lot to like. We're going to start off with 110 Eastern with the Braves at the Marlins. It'll be Kyle Muller versus Jesus Lazardo. Muller has pitched two and two-thirds innings this, this year, and based off of his 24 ERA, I, quick rough math, it feels like he gave up about 100 runs in that one outing. He projects to be basically league average, though that's based off of uh, previous year's data. Um, nothing special. And the Marlins are pretty right-handed heavy, so the Marlins offense gets a boost facing a lefty, but this Marlins offense, even against lefties, still projects to be below average. They are fairly terrible. Now, they will throw Jesus Lazardo, who had a gem of a start last time out and has looked fairly good all season. Eight outings to the tune of a 329 ERA, and the underlying metrics say it should actually be a little bit better than that, so Lazardo's a guy that I really would like to back in one way or another. The issue is... People are treating him like he's a superstar, and maybe he is, right? There's a lot of unknown with him. He's a guy who's had a lot of hype around him but had some injury issues. 
as it is though, the model thinks that Lizardo is good, not great. Thinks he's a little bit overpriced here. The Marlins still have to score runs. They haven't been able to do that. And Lizardo still has to be able to pitch a lot of innings. So that Marlins bullpen still rates below average. I don't know exactly how deep Lizardo can go, but against an above average Braves offense, I'm not expecting it to be extremely long. I'm thinking it'll be probably more like five innings, maybe six. And at that point, they still got to find three more good innings. I like the Braves in this one. At a price like minus 120, it's a B-grade play. Model says Braves minus 128 here to start us off. Model says total of 7.6, and the actual total is 7. So the model would indicate over. I think 7 is fairly well-priced. The biggest thing is just how you feel about Lazardo. Again, the model thinks he's not going to be able to go more than six innings. The model projects, projects somewhere between five and six. If you think that Lazardo is a lot better than the model does, again, the model says good, not great. He gets a 93 rating. You can go look at my starting pitcher database and see, do you see other pitchers around his rating and think he's a lot better than those guys? If you think Lazardo is a lot better than that and can go deeper into this game, then you probably stay away from the total because then seven's probably pretty accurate. And you may not like the Braves as much as I do, but if you agree with the model and think that Lizardo is good but not great, then that means you might lean over and you probably like the Braves like I do. It's a B pick for me on the Braves at minus 120. Smarlin's team just isn't good. They have some good starting pitching, but that's all they have. And it hasn't been able to carry them to many wins as of late. I expect the Braves to go out and get this one done in game one. In a situation where they might rely heavily on that bullpen here in both of these games, but I still don't think it's a problem. The Braves have just incredible talent in that bullpen and tons of depth. Almost anybody they throw out there is going to be a pretty good pitcher. So the Braves disadvantage they have here with regards to the starting pitcher can kind of be neutralized across the course of nine innings. In my opinion, I think the Braves, as small favorites on the road, get it done for us to start us off. 305 Eastern first pitch, Guardians of the Blue Jays. <clears throat> I texted Cousin Jared this yesterday. You know, we had the A pick on the Guardians, and then I looked forward to the rest of the matchups. And I said, hey, Tristan McKenzie on Saturday uh, against Mitch White. And I said, hey, Shane Bieber's going on Saturday. I was like, we should blind A grade the Guardians here. It's going to happen. You knew it would happen. Um the Guardians have been a team the model's liked, and it's mostly worked. The Blue Jays have been a team the model hasn't liked as of late, and it's mostly worked. Again, the Blue Jays are good. I'm not saying they aren't. I just I don't think they should be favored in this game. I think McKenzie is a lot better than Mitch White here. Uh, McKenzie, a 316 ERA, probably not quite that good. The underlying metrics say it should be in the upper threes, but McKenzie is much better than Mitch White, in my opinion, whose 386 is fairly representative. The underlying metrics say maybe a tad bit higher. But, I mean, I'd much rather have McKenzie than White in this game. The Guardians have an edge. They're starting pitcher. And we talked about this yesterday, and I'll say again, when both these teams are facing right-handed pitchers, their offenses are about the same. Now, against a lefty, that's different, but no Springer right now for the Blue Jays. This Blue Jays offense is fantastic against lefties. And against righties, it's above average. But this Guardians offense is above average against righties, too. They're about the same. So you talk about the offenses being about the same. The Guardians have better relievers and a better starting pitcher. I think they should be small road favorites here. The model says they should actually be small to medium large favorites here at minus 133. At plus 108, it's, a, it's an easy A-grade pick. It's a no-doubter, in my opinion. It doesn't mean the Guardians win this game. It just means it's more favorable to the Guardians than a coin toss at plus odds. Like I said, there's really just not much to think about here. It doesn't mean the Guardians win. Don't put them in nine parlays or anything crazy like that. But the Guardians at plus odds are something to take advantage of here. 
until the books realize that the Guardians are a little bit better than they realize it, until they realize that the Jays aren't. And I say books, it might also be a little bit of book perception. I'm not exactly sure who's at fault here, but people are not quite assessing these two teams accurately. We saw it last night. Just because the Guardians won big last night doesn't mean they win again. It just means that this number is mispriced. The Guardians should be small road favorites here with a, a with an advantage every inning on the hill and, and it being pretty neutral offensively. Give me Cleveland here at plus 108, a great play. And again, the model says should go over. The, the actual total is 8. The model says 9.3. Model expects a lot of runs in this one. Again, both above average offenses here. Model thinks the Guardians will put up some runs. I would be inclined to look at an over here. A lot of how much you like that over tends to revolve around how you feel about Mitch White. He's had some really good starts, but he's had some clunkers as well. Every once in a while, Mitch White's gone out there and thrown like six shutout innings. And that seemed a little surprising to me. I don't think he's that good. Um, on the on, on on the whole, White has been, again, an okay pitcher this year um, with a lot of variability. And so, again, I think if you think he can have a good start, maybe you don't like this over, but uh, the model thinks the Guardians are going to put up some runs on him, and that's why it has a total much higher than what the books are projecting. 410 Eastern, last afternoon game of the day. Only three of them here for us. Orioles at the Rays. Couldn't get it done with the Orioles last, I mean, with the, uh, <clears throat> with the Rays last night. The Orioles, um, you know, exploding there in the, whatever it was, the fifth or the sixth inning with a four spot and never looking back. Today it'll be D.L. Hall for the Orioles, um, who gets an average rating in my database versus uh, Shane McClanahan for the Rays. McClanahan, of course, a fantastic pitcher, one of the better ones. Uh, in the league, one of the top pitchers uh, in my database here. 224 ERA, 242 is what I'm projecting for him, or excuse me, what, the, what I say the ERA should be projecting for him more in the upper twos, but we're talking about a, a fantastic season, and it's not been any smoke and mirrors. This guy is the real deal. Interesting to note here for McClanahan, he has been a guy – but the model hasn't really liked to back. The model has constantly said that the Rays are overvalued in his starts. We faded the Rays a lot, and we faded McClanahan. I think in his last, like, 10-ish starts, all those picks are in the sheet. If somebody wants to go look at them, I, I don't really care. So I can just tell you, I know we're fading McClanahan a lot. And a lot of times I've kind of downgraded those picks, saying, like, hey, there's value against him, but I don't really love being too invested because he's so good. And for the most part, I think it's been actually okay strategy. But today, the model actually says that there's an edge on the Rays again for another night. So as scary as it is to fade the Orioles, a team the model has liked a lot lately. I'm going to back the Rays again. And the key here, the difference between the Orioles and teams like the Mariners, uh, teams like the Guardians, teams like the Phillies, is that while the Orioles do continue to win, the model has is saying, I'm not saying the model's right on this, but the model is saying that the prices are at least catching up have caught up to the Orioles and that people realize that this Orioles team is solid. The model thinks this Orioles team is solid. Whereas the model says that the price hasn't caught up with those other teams. So really uh, we've backed the Orioles a lot lately. And it's been really good. It's not to say that they can't win this game, but I like the Rays here at this price. Again, it's all about the price at minus 172. It's a B grade pick for me on the Rays. The model says it should be minus 186. It's a B grade play. It's a B grade play for a couple of reasons. Um, mainly though, the main thing I want to focus on again is the model hasn't really liked backing McClanahan. And as it flips around now, um, to backing him, I think that bodes well. It didn't bode well yesterday for Kluber. Um, but that's just one game. I don't think 
we should overreact to that. McClanahan is a much better pitcher than Kluber anyway. I think this price is short on Tampa. We faded McClanahan so much lately. Model says edge. I'm going with it. Again, model says minus 186. And again, the, the total is seven, and the model says 6.4. Lots of runs yesterday, but I don't think the Orioles will have quite as easy of a time scoring off McClanahan as they did Kluber. And the model thinks that this Rays offense should score some runs off the Orioles, but the Orioles, you know, decent relievers here, decent starter, and that pitcher's park doesn't think the Rays score a ton. Model thinks this is more like a Rays 4-2 to win. I tend to agree. I like the Rays here. It's too steep of a price to love, but I think the Rays are worth a look here. Again, assuming that your price is staying in that minus 180, low minus 180s, or like we've got in the 170s, I think they're worth a look here in the late afternoon. 6.40 Eastern start time, Cubs at the Reds. Here's we're continuing the series from the Field of Dreams uh, happenings there the other night in Iowa. In Cincinnati, it'll be low 80s to start, and it'll be um, low 70s to finish. No wind really whatsoever. So we're talking about a hitter-friendly ballpark. A little bit of warmth early in the day, but cooling off again here in August. Not going to be overly hot there in Cincinnati. Again, that the model says should have a total of 9.1. I'm seeing 9. So the model says this one's priced very accurately and not worth an investment here with regards to total. Adrian Sampson for the Cubs, 383 ERA on the season. Underline metrics say that's pretty accurate. Same story for Gary Matchcraft, 394 ERA. Underline metrics say that's also pretty accurate. The difference is the model likes Ashcraft's length a lot more and of course being a prospect uh, is a little more favorable to him than a guy like Samson who has pitched well in his 10 outings this year but has struggled in the past. The model says the Reds here have a pretty strong advantage with the starting pitcher. Both these teams have pretty terrible relievers and the Cubs do have an edge on offense. We backed the Cubs over there in Iowa but now that the Reds are home I think the Reds are worth a look here at minus 118. It's a B-grade pick for me. Model says Reds minus 123, and this all boils down to the starting pitcher discrepancy. I just like Ashcraft a lot more than Samson. There's really not much more to it than that. And at a price under minus 120, I think it's worth a play. Not a love here. The value is just not good enough, in my opinion. An A-grade play here, I would need something like Reds minus 105 or something, which I don't think we're going to see. But at minus 118, I think this price is a little short. I'm surprised it's not about a dime higher. Again, the Reds at home with the starting pitcher edge. Otherwise, these two teams are mostly garbage. But I think the Reds can get it done at home here. And like I said, I think it's worth a look at these prices. So it would be a great play for me on Cincinnati. 7.05 Eastern start time. Padres at the Nats. will be about 80 degrees to start around at 70 degrees to close here. You Darvish versus Annabelle Sanchez. Darvish talked about him before having a solid season here late in his career. 328 ERA underlying metrics line up pretty well with that. Continuing to improve his rating in my database. Defying father time a little bit here. He's looking stronger than he's looked in the last couple of years. I like this guy a lot. Annabelle Sanchez on the other hand in five outings, a seven and a half ERA. And the advanced metrics say it should be in the mid sixes. That's still very bad. Huge starting pitcher edge here for the Padres. A moderate edge on the relievers. The Padres relievers just rate out at average. And that's relievers actually not terrible how they rate out. Of course, offensively, the Padres have a huge edge here over the Nats. The Padres should definitely be favored. They should definitely win this game. It's very similar to what I talked about yesterday. The only difference here is that the model thinks the price isn't as bad today. It's all about the price. And again, if you tell me it's not all about the price, then how about you take some stupid, crazy odds one way and I'll take the really good odds the other way. And all of you would say you're crazy because it's all about the price, right? It's you got to pick the right team. You got to figure out who's going to win, but you also got to figure out the price that is worth because you're not making one bet for the rest of your life. If you're making one bet for the rest of your life and that's it, 
I might say I don't really care about the price as much. I think the Padres can win one game and we can move on with life, right? But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about doing this multiple times every week. And when you're when you're making a lot of bets every day, every week, you have to be cognizant of the price because upsets happen in baseball. We saw last night with the Phillies beating the Mets. In a game that people were kind of surprised I was fading the Mets on. So it's the same sort of thing here. We have to be leery of the price. Again, today the model says the price isn't that bad, but it's not that good either. The model says it should be Padres minus 251. To me, this is the most well-priced game of the day. I'll take the Padres here, but I do not like it. I don't really recommend playing the Padres. Again, the price at minus 270 is just way too high in my opinion. They probably win, but we're investing a lot. And again, the Nats relievers aren't bad. The recipe for success here for the Nats is that they tell Annabelle Sanchez, you're just going through like three to four innings, and they find a mix and match with relievers that keep the Padres' bats off balance accidentally win a lower scoring game than it should be it's it's possible weird things happen in baseball the a's gave the astros a scare last night in a couple of different ways right so you just never know especially on the road the padres are just way too big of favorites to really like but that said given that there's not really value on the nats given that annabelle sanchez has been so terrible if you're making me pick here, I'd take I'd take Padres minus 270 over Nats at plus 240. But again, I think this one's really well-priced. I just don't think it's really worth an investment. These prices are too high. I think most of the derivative markets are similar. Model here says the total should be more like eight to eight and a half, and the total is nine. So the model would say under. Of course, the Padres scored about 100 runs themselves yesterday, and that's on the table today. So it's not like it's an under that I think makes a ton of sense because Annabelle Sanchez is so terrible. That's kind of the X factor in this one. We just have to be careful. Everyone else knows he's terrible too. And that's part of the price. So when you're playing Padres team total over, when you're playing Padres run line, when you're playing Padres first five, like we all know Annabelle Sanchez is terrible, that you're paying that premium. Weird things happen in baseball. So it's just the price is just too much to get excited about. I think there's better investment opportunities. But again, at these price, I think at least the Padres make – more sense than they made yesterday, even though they won yesterday. That price yesterday was a little out of hand. Today's price, not as bad, which I guess is something. Otherwise, like I said, I think there's just a lot better investment opportunities on the board tonight with a lot of games here at this time slot. 17 Eastern, first pitch Phillies at the Mets. I'm going back to the well here with the Phillies at plus 178 with another B-grade pick. It's almost A-grade value here around plus 180, so it's it's a strong play to consider. Did some updating here, pulled in some new numbers. Jacob DeGrom now down to a 64 rating. I mean, it's about as good as it can get. It's hard to get much better than that. He's really starting to clear himself away from the field again. DeGrom is fantastic. He's only pitched twice, but the underlying metrics say he should be in the low ones. I mean, it's some small sample size, but I mean, we all know this guy's the best pitcher in baseball when healthy. The Phillies are going to have a hard time scoring off of him. I mean, that's the bottom line, but... Aaron Nola's pretty good himself, too. I mean, he's no Jacob DeGrom, but he's clearly in the second tier. It's like you've got DeGrom by himself, and then you have Scherzer, who may be trying to kind of solidify himself in second place, which, side note, does anybody want to play the Mets in the playoffs? I think the answer is no. But then behind that, you have the McClanahan's, the Verlanders, the Wheelers, you know, those type of guys. And Nola's right there in that group. Nola's a very good pitcher in himself. Relievers, you saw the Phillies relievers last night pitch fairly solid. I, I, it's, a, it's a wash with the relievers. 
Offensively, now the Mets facing a righty get a little bit boost. Now the Mets have an edge on offense with a righty versus righty here, as opposed to yesterday talking about them facing a lefty, but they're facing a really good righty. So the Mets have an edge on offense, and the Mets have an edge on the starting pitcher, and they're at home. But all of that means they should be small favorites, not giant favorites like this. Model says minus 148. If you give me minus 150 on the Mets, I would take that with DeGrom at home with an offensive edge. But against a pitcher like Nola, where he could completely dominate this game, a price like minus 200 on the Mets is just insane. It's Phillies or pass. And like I said, it's it's pretty much a great value here on the Phillies around this plus 180 number. So I think the Phillies are worth a look here. Doesn't mean they win. Again, I only think they win 40% of the time, but if they win 40% of these games at plus 178, that's a solid investment. They got it done for, for us last night. Doesn't mean they'll get it done again. I just think the price is worth a look here on the Phillies. A game that's total of six and a half, and the model says six. Last night's game, I told you to go under, and that went comfortably under. And the same thing, I don't love going under six and a half, but I mean, with these two pitchers, it's worth a look. And again, something to consider the weather here. It's not a hot August night in New York. We're talking about Upper 70s to start, low 70s to close, no real wind effect. So we've got a hitter, I mean, a pitcher-friendly ballpark. It's not really warm. These two pitchers, again, these offenses are pretty solid, but these two pitchers in that park, Model doesn't think there'd be runs at all. So Model still thinks go under 6.5 and, and take a look at the Phillies at those giant plus odds. 17 Eastern start time Braves at the Marlins will be game two of the doubleheader Marlins. I don't know who they're going to throw on plug and get a bullpen game. If I were to plug in Nick Niedert, which is what Fangraph says, it's the same number. Really? I'm not expecting anybody to come in and have significant length. And so we're just talking about random guys going shorter innings or something like that. So it kind of doesn't really matter who the Marlins throw almost assuredly. Once we announce a starter, my number won't change on this one. Ian Anderson for the Braves. I've got the Braves at minus 168 and I make a total 7.8. And this one, Braves should be solid favorites. Um, we'll see what the number comes out as. But, I, I, I mean, Anderson is not great. He's just average. But he's going to be better than whatever the Marlins throw. And then the Braves relievers are better than the Marlins relievers. And the Braves offense is better than the Marlins offense. So we're talking about a situation here where the Braves will have an advantage every which way you look. And, again, Marlins offense a little bit better projecting its lefties. Ian Anderson is a righty. So, the Braves should be pretty big favorites here. Again, model says minus 168. I'll make a pick on that once we get an official line out later in the day. 17 Eastern short time, Tigers at the White Sox. Took the Tigers a big plus odds yesterday. They hung around for a long while, lost a close one. Hey, when you have big plus odds, that's all you can ask for. Today, I'm going the other direction. I'm on the White Sox at minus 183. Model says it should be minus 185. And you look at that, you might say, why is that a B pick, though? That's a small discrepancy. And it's similar to what we talked about with the Rays. The model's really been favoring the Tigers and really hasn't liked the White Sox as of late. So it's one of the situations where I say, now that it has a small advantage on the other side, given that it's probably a little bit biased against the White Sox and for the Tigers, I think there's probably a little bit more of an edge than indicating. So I, at that point, what I'm trying to say is, I really think maybe the price should be more like minus 190, maybe in the low minus 190. So I think minus 183 actually is more value than you might initially think when looking at the spreadsheet. Big number here, can't really get that excited about it. It's not anywhere near an A grade, of course. But I think the White Sox are worth a look here at this price. I think they can get it done. Matt Manning is below average. He does have a 225 ERA, and all that is only in four starts. And even in those four starts, the line metrics say he should be around four and a half. And that's about what the model projects for him going forward. Again, being below average. Giolito's a guy who's just been up and down and all over the place and had a rough year. But the underlying metrics say his ERA should be a full run better 
than that 491 ERA. And it's like we talked about yesterday with Kopech. I think Kopech has a lot of smoke and mirrors. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's nearly as good as that ERA is. But as I said yesterday, the Tigers are the team to have success against. And that's the same thing I say about Chilito. Chilito's had a, had a rough year. I think he's a little bit better than average, nowhere near what he's been in years past. But again, the Tigers are the team to have success against. So uh, 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 around an average pitcher, again, Kopech a little bit below average, according to the model, Gilito a little bit above average. Let's call it rounding here. Let's say they're both average. Average pitchers against the Tigers have success. The White Sox relievers are above average. I mean, the Tigers aren't going to score many runs in this game, in my opinion. Especially given the weather, it's going to be in the upper 70s to mid-70s. It's not like the ball is going to be flying out like crazy. The winds will be blowing in 10 to 15 miles an hour in or across, maybe a little bit more across, maybe a little bit more in. It's hard to say exactly at this point, but a little bit of a help there to the pitchers and not a hot night. The Tigers are going to have a hard time scoring runs in this one. A Tigers team total under, as scary as it was Giolito, might be have some value because I think the perception is that Giolito is worse than he is. Again, he's not great he's probably not even good but he's not bad either model says total of 7.2 and right now the total is eight so you might look under might look tigers team total under like i said i just think the white Sox are the side you want to be on here and i don't think this price is that bad and the minus 180s i think is worth an investment by the time you get to the minus 190s or minus 200s it's a little bit tougher of an ask but i think the white Sox make a little bit of sense here at this price minus 183 it's a b grade pick for me i like the fact that the White Sox have a pulse on offense and the Tigers don't. And again, as bad as Gilito has been this year, I'd still take him over Matt Manning. So I'm on the White Sox here. Like I said, an under or a Tigers team total under might be worth a look as well. 17 Eastern first pitch, A's at the Astros. I mentioned this earlier, the A's gave the Astros a little bit of a scare last night. But the reason we were on the Astros, even at such a big price, is the model was kind of indicating there were a lot of ways the Astros could win that game. They should score runs off of all our they did. They should score runs off that bullpen. They did. They should be able to prevent the A's from scoring runs. They really didn't, but that's kind of the point is that there's a lot of ways that they can win. They gave up some runs, and it didn't matter. They were still able to win. They could win high scoring. They could win low scoring. They should be able to win a lot of different ways. And you're looking at the same story tonight at minus 274. It's a B-grade pick like the Astros. The price is too high to get that excited about for sure, but the model says there's some value. The model says it should be Astros minus 308. So in these upper twos, it's probably still worth a look. It's, again, not one that I love. But to note here, Lance McCullough Jr. first start back, the model does penalize him for the fact that he hasn't pitched this year, just like it penalized DeGrom, just like DeGrom at the start of the season was way out there in front of the pack. If y'all saw when I first put out those starting pitcher ratings, and I didn't put them out there at the very, very start, so some of y'all didn't see all that. That was just what I had on my computer. But DeGrom was way out there ahead of everybody else. The more he goes without pitching, he starts. He started losing a point kind of every week or so, getting back towards the pack. And I, I think I made that comment at one point when he lost the number one spot. I was like, he'll get back there once he pitches again. It's just a, when you don't pitch for a while, there's a little bit of, we don't know what we're going to get right when you come back. And that's what we saw in DeGrom's first start. He was great, but he didn't go very deep. And that kind of mattered a little bit. So it's the same thing. We don't really know what we're going to get from McCullers. He didn't look great in his last rehab start. He's saying he's working on, you know, breaking pitches and getting good movement on stuff, and he's not really sequencing and trying to fool hitters. Is that true? Who the heck knows, right? I mean, really only he knows. Maybe the catcher knows. So I, I don't take much of it. I'm not saying that I 100% believe him and I'm not worried about it, but I'm also not going to freak out about that. I, I don't really know what it means. 
the Astros have no reason to rush McCullers. Now, he's wanting to rush back, but the Astros' team make the decision that they don't have a reason to rush him back. It's a little bit different than like we saw with the uh, White Sox and Lance Lynn. They really rushed him back, and that didn't work well. We talked about Wheeler at the start of the season. The Phillies really rushed him back too, too quickly, and, and that didn't work for him, the first several starts for him. Uh, the Astros don't really have that reason to, so I think McCullers is probably okay, but it is worth noting that he is getting a ding in the rating system because of this injury. So... If McCullers didn't, not coming off an injury, he's more in the mid 80s than around the 90 grade that he gets now. So if you're sitting there, you're saying, well, I just don't know what I'm going to get from McCullers first start back. The model is accounting for that um, because he hasn't pitched all season. Had a great season last year. When a guy misses this much time, tends to be able to come back okay, but that little bit of extra uncertainty is accounted for, so you don't have to worry about that. The model still says the Astros should be massive favorites here. They hit, they they project better against lefties, again, with only two left-handed hitters in the lineup, and again, two left-handed hitters that can hit lefties. Tucker last night uh, with the grand slam was off of a lefty. So, I mean, Tucker and, and Alvarez can hit lefties, uh, but they got a lot of good righties, so they project really well against lefties. Zach Logue, uh, for the A's, 479 ERA in the underlying metrics, it should be worse as it does with most pitchers who get the boost of pitching in Oakland. It's just a, it's just massive edges everywhere for the Astros. They should be massive favorites in this game as they are. Model says they're not big enough favorites. Playing these Astros at big odds has mostly worked out. Occasionally it doesn't. And that's, of course, the problem is one extra loss and it can really hurt us. So, again, don't go too heavy on the Astros here because this price is out of hand. But the model thinks it's worth an investment here. It says that a price like 274 offers a little bit of value. And, again, whether it's minus odds or plus odds, Value is value. We just have to make sure that we're scaling appropriately because it's just because, because you know, your bankroll manager just works a little bit differently depending on if you're playing big dogs or big favorites. But wherever there's value, we got to try to find it. Model says there's value here at minus 274 on the Astros. And again, I think it's priced pretty well total wise. Model says it's 8.7. The actual total is nine. Uh, like the over last night. Um, I talked about that here on the show yesterday. Uh, today, I think it's probably a stay away total. Main things I just focus on the Astros. I think they should favor by a little bit more than they are right now. 17 Eastern short time Dodgers at the Royals. Um, a hot one in Kansas City, mid 90s to start tonight, around 90 degrees to close. Ball's going to be flying out there. Uh, wind will be blowing out five to 10 miles an hour. Uh, model says total of 9.7, we're seeing a total of 9.5. So, so two good pitchers, but in these conditions and a hitter friendly ballpark, uh, there's a reason this total is 9.5. I, I think it's priced pretty well. I don't really think over under makes a lot of sense. Once you get up over nine, like I said, I think that's justified. I think a total of nine and a half is, is, you know, makes a lot of sense here. Again, the model says 9.7. The Dodgers will lose again. I, I will stake my life savings on the Dodgers will lose, lose again this season. Um, hadn't happened in a while. Uh, the Royals aren't that good. Um, I'm just reminded of the Yankees in that toward start they were off. On. And I think I nailed the timing of it pretty well when I said this for the Yankees. I'm going to say here for the Dodgers. If you blind back the Dodgers for the rest of the season, you're probably going to lose money. And I said this, and, and you're sitting there, no, oh, the Dodgers are so great. It's all about the price. And a lot of you have convinced. So a lot of you are like, you're, you're like, hey, dude, you're preaching to the choir. But some of you, I still haven't convinced yet. But I said this is about the Yankees right around that time when they were like 47 and 12 or whatever stupid record they were. And I was like, hey, I like back in the Yankees. They've been good to us. And when we can find an edge, we're going to jump on them. And I see the same thing about the Dodgers. And I've said it all season. When there's an edge on them, we're going to jump on it. The Dodgers have been great to us when there's been an edge. And they've been a great team to back on the run line, if that's something you look at too. But at some point, it's all about the price. And at these crazy prices the Dodgers are at, it doesn't take many. It's like I talked about the fear we have to worry about with the Astros. The same thing here. 
one or two extra losses can really derail all of your winnings. And I made that come about the Yankees. And sure enough, since then, you'd be down a ton if you were blind back at the Yankees. And of course, now you'd be like, I wouldn't blind back the Yankees now. Well, but that's the thing is people were blind back in the Yankees. And then they went like, you know, six and six over the next 12 games. And you'd have lost a ton of money laying all those crazy odds. I'm not saying the Dodgers go six and six in their next 12 or anything like that. I'm just saying... These prices are kind of crazy. I'm looking for Dodgers edges. I want to back the Dodgers. Back the Dodgers a little bit, a little bit in the stretch. You backed them a few times, and it's obviously worked out. So I mean, when there's value in the Dodgers, I want to jump all over it. But these prices are just too high. Doesn't mean they don't win tonight. And if you want to completely pass and just say the price is too big, but I don't want to fade, fade them a hundred percent, I think that makes a ton of sense. But to me, it's Royals or pass. I think those are your main two options in this one. And the same thing with the, you talk about Dodger run line. It, it, you're laying just too big of a price according to the model and according to, I think just some common sense here, these teams, it's just priced way too high in Kansas city in a high scoring game. where kind of, who knows who's going to get all the extra home runs. I just think a price like minus 250 in the Dodgers makes no sense. The model says it should be Dodgers minus 168. Obviously the Dodgers have a big edge here on offense and they have an edge with regards to the starting pitcher, but pitching with the relievers, but starting pitcher wise, I like Andrew Heaney a lot. I've told you all that before, obviously not as good as that 0.64 ERA, but the underlying metrics have him in the opportunity. I like this guy a lot, but Brad Keller's an above average pitcher. Underlying metrics fairly well agree with this 445 ERA gets an above average rating. He's a solid pitcher. He's going to give up some runs today. But the model thinks that this Kansas City offense can score some runs, too, in these conditions. Obviously, the Dodgers are more likely to win. model says they win this game 63% of the time. But even if it's 65% or 66% or 68%, if the Dodgers win this game 68% of the time and you're laying minus 260, you've lost money in the long run. So it's Royals or pass. I'll take the Royals at a B-grade pick. It's A-grade value. I don't need to put a third unit on it because we're going to win so much anyway. I'm taking a shot with two big be great underdogs with the Royals and the Phillies. One of them got it done for us last night, and that covered the losses in the other. I'm hoping for the same thing. I'm hoping we can just get one Royals or Phillies. The Dodgers lose again someday. I'm not saying it's tonight, but these prices are just crazy on them. It's a high-scoring game in Kaufman. The Royals have a chance because Keller has a pulse. He can keep them in this game. Yesterday, if you had Royals first five on the run line, you'd have won. Maybe that's something you look at instead. Maybe you think the Royals bullpen's terrible. It is. Maybe you say they can hang in there. I don't know. Like I said, to me, it's just it's Royals or pass on this one. I'll take the Royals at these giant plus odds with a B-grade play. 7.15 Eastern, first pitch Brewers at the Cardinals. It'll be a warm one there to start off in Cincinnati, mid-80s. It'll close around 80 degrees. Winds be blowing a little bit out, a little bit across, but only around five miles an hour, so not much of an edge there. Model says total of seven. Total actually is seven. Very well-priced total, in my opinion. Two good pitchers in Corbin Burns and Adam Wainwright. Total market that I think is spot on, and I'm one I wouldn't touch at seven. But I'm going to back the Cardinals here at plus 125. I think there's a ton of value here. Model says it should be Brewers minus 102. Says this is a coin toss game. Cardinals at plus 125 makes a ton of sense. I love these odds here. Again, if you can flip a coin and give me plus 125, I'm trying to make that investment every time I can. Burns is really good. He's better than Wainwright, but reliever-wise, the Brewers and Cardinals are fairly comparable. And offensively, as we all know, I'd much rather have the Cardinals offense than the Brewers offense. The home field plus the Cardinals offensive edge basically counters the starting pitcher edge. And I think that makes sense. I think if you just analyze it from that standpoint, the Cardinals a little bit better offensively than the Brewers and home. 
Burns a decent amount better than Wainwright. That is a flat cancellation, relievers a cancellation. Why is this game not a pick em? Blows my mind. At plus 125, there's a ton of value on the Cardinals. Again, I like Burns. He's really good. Underlying metrics, he has ERA should be around three. One of the better starting pitchers in my database. But Wainwright isn't that bad. 342 ERA, underlying metrics a little bit higher than that, but still in the upper threes. A solid pitcher and one that can absolutely shut this Brewers offense down. We talked about this yesterday. Brewers offense, very all or nothing. Again, which is kind of what you want in a situation where you're dealing with plus odds. It's almost like you, I don't think, I don't think you blind want to take plus odds in any Brewers game, but I'm saying that the Brewers hit or miss offense lends itself to just take the dog because you never know what you're going to get. That's why I said last night, their offense didn't show up, but again, that's, we were taking massive plus odds. It was like, Hey, if the offense didn't show up. Hey, we took the underdog. No big deal. If it did show up, great. The same thing tonight, it might show up, but it might not. And if not, great. We got plus odds. It's, it's not again the blind back out backing I would make, but it probably would be would have been profitable this season. Wainwright can absolutely hold his own, especially at home. Burns is really good. He can only do so much though. He can't score runs. I think the Cardinals can hang in there with the Brewers at plus one twenty five. This pick makes a ton of sense. So I love the Cardinals here. A great play for me in St. Louis. Seven fifteen start time. Yankees at the Red Sox. Got an extra inning winner with the Red Sox coming back from behind with an A-grade play. They're plus odds yesterday. Man, that comment is a toss-up type game. Give me the plus odds. It worked out for us. It's always fun when that happens. A lot of times I say that, and then you lose the game by one. You lose it in the ninth. You lose it in extras, and you're like, man, I, I nailed exactly what happened. It just didn't go my way. Last night with the Red Sox, we got it. And that's the thing. Is it's gonna, when we're talking about plus odds, and we're talking about, hey, can they just hang in there and it be a toss-up-y type, who-knows type of game? It ain't going to work all the time, but it's going to work enough to, to, to help us out. Did for the Red Sox last night. That was a lot of fun. Today, though, I'm on the Yankees here at minus 141. Frankie Montas versus Cutter Crawford. Montas is a guy that the models faded a lot. But here, there's the model says there's a little bit of value on the Yankees. And kind of like you said with the Dodgers, anytime there's value on the Yankees, I want to jump all over. Because the models mostly said to fade the Yankees. Here, it's mostly said the prices are out of hand. But today, the model says Yankees minus 143. And again, it's similar to what we talk about the White Sox here. You say that's a small edge. But again, the model does not like backing the Yankees. It always says they're overpriced. But backing them has been fairly profitable when you found the right edge. So it's a big great play for me, the Yankees. I think at minus 141, I think makes sense. As long as you're in the mid to low minus 140s, I think it's worth a look. It's about my, minus 150. Now it's probably a pass at that point. But I think in the minus 140s, the Yankees are worth a look here. Montas is a lot better than Cutter Crawford. He's got him beat in ERA by almost a full point. Got him beaten underlying metrics by about a half run as well. Projects to be better. Projects to go deeper as well. Then the Yankees' bullpen is better than the Red Sox' bullpen. Yankees' offense, only a little bit better than the Red Sox' offense. The biggest Yankees edge here is not on offense. Talked about that yesterday. The biggest discrepancy is the fact that they've got better pitching from start to finish in this game. And again, the model says they should win this almost 60% of the time, making minus 141 a good investment here on the Yankees. Speed grade play for me. And again, that's priced at the total of nine. Model says 9.3. Model would indicate going over. I'm not sure if I would touch this total personally. It's going to be a chillier night in Fenway, around 70 degrees to start and mid-60s to close. It is a header-friendly ballpark. But with no real wind effect in this one and a chillier night, again, model saying 9.3. I think nine's pretty accurate. Main play here, I think, should be on the Yankees. To our favorite team, the Mariners, 7.15 Eastern PM, another A-grade play on Seattle. They keep winning. 
There continues to be value on them. It confuses me day in and day out. But as Cousin Jared and I like to talk about, can you bet on the Mariners today? The answer is yes. That's really all this segment needs is the answer is yes. You should. It's that simple. Plus 103 is an A grade play for me. Marco Gonzalez versus Dane Dunning. The Rangers have a starting pitcher edge here. The model likes Dunning more than Marco Gonzalez. Their ERAs are similar, but the model thinks that Gonzalez is deflated by pitching in a pitcher-friendly ballpark in Seattle. Thinks the underlying metrics are pretty accurate for Dunning and that he is about a four-ERA pitcher. That's why he get around gets around a league average rating, but the model doesn't like Marco Gonzalez as much. In general, though, Gonzalez has been a respectable pitcher, though, and I think the starting pitcher edge here for the Rangers is relatively small. They have a massive edge with the relievers. This Rangers relievers not very good. Mariners relievers are very good. And offensively, this Mariners offense is a lot better than the Rangers offense. The Rangers offense is around league average. This Mariners offense, I think, gets a lot of disrespect because they don't score a lot of runs. They don't score a lot of runs because they play in a pitcher from the ballpark for half of their games. But I think this offense, especially with Julio Rodriguez back, is a pretty good offense. Mariners plus 103 is an A-grade play. They should be favored in this game. They shouldn't be getting plus odds. I don't quite understand this number. I don't understand most of the numbers with the Mariners, but it's been working. And we have faded the Mariners a few times, and it's mostly worked. Model says, though, we're going to stick with them again tonight in a game that it says that the Mariners should be favored by minus 121. So a pretty big edge here, about a 5% discrepancy, massive edge here on the Mariners. And take advantage of it again doesn't mean they win. It just means that they should be more likely to win at plus odds. It's a great investment in a game that the model says total should be eight. Total actually is eight. I kind of always talk about the Rangers games being totals that I like to stay away from. Model says absolutely stay away from that total and just focus on backing Seattle. 18 Eastern first pitch, Diamondbacks at the Rockies. Another warm game in Denver around 90 degrees to start, around 80 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing in at about 10 miles an hour, though, so that might help the pitchers out just a little bit in this one. Zach Gallen versus Jose Urena. Gallen, of course, 312 ERA, a very good pitcher. Underline metrics say it should be about a half run better. Model, for the first time in a long time, liked Gallen last game or was at least okay backing him. And today says the same thing. I liked it, the fact that the model's coming around a little bit on Gallen. He's been a guy that has not been profitable to fade. Scissors and Edge on the Diamondbacks here today says that it should be Arizona minus 154. So at minus 142 is a B-grade play for me on Arizona. Again, Gallon's a pretty good starting pitcher versus Jose Urena, who is not. 463 ERA underlying metrics say it should be up in the low fives. Urena's had some really good starts this season, but on the whole, not a very good starting pitcher. The Rockies have been a team have been the one team all season that I have not had success backing or fading. And people were like, oh, you're disrespecting the Rockies. You should play more. When I play the Rockies, they don't win either. So I, the Rockies are the one team that's confusing. But I don't really think that's predictive. Uh, I, you know, and the reason I say that is it goes back to what we talk about with, you know, with, with the trio of teams we've been backing a lot lately, right? The Guardians, the Mariners, and the Phillies. They've been winning for us, but the reason we keep backing them isn't because they've been winning. I don't think that's a really good strategy. I think we got to, again, we got to figure out what the value is because if the price adjusts and we're taking bad prices, the longer that's not going to work. And that's, again, what I think happens a lot of times to these top teams. It happens a lot, I think, here with the Yankees and the Dodgers. The reason we're backing them because, is because their value. And the Rockies have been a team I have not done well with, but I just don't see how that's predictive. I, the Rockies are not a very good team. They've lost more than they've won. The model has a pretty good feel on them. It's just they've kind of seemed to win when the model thought there wasn't value on them and they've lost when the model thought there was. I think it's just weird bounces. I don't, I, I just, 
I spent a lot of my life <laughs> trying to figure out what signal, what's noise, and looking at different statistical models. I've done a, it's been a, you know, I'm in my mid 30s, and I've spent the last 15 years of my life doing this sort of stuff, and I just can't find anything predictive about why we aren't doing well in the Rockies. It seems like random, randomness. And again, I always want to encourage people: never underestimate how much random variability plays into life. It, 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 our brains just can't comprehend how random things are we always want to attribute more things to pattern we're not constant we're not by some teams we may be a little biased so there's some teams like talked about with the tigers like it kind of tends to like the tigers a little bit more than i think it should right so you talk about a team that it's biased on we can kind of account for that for the rockies it's just kind of a zigzag weirdness and i don't think that's predictive i could be completely wrong i'm not saying you know go out and bet your life life savings here on the diamondbacks because i'm not i'm not certain on this i just i don't see it i don't see what would be predictive about this We've done terrible in the Rockies, but again, I think there's value on the Diamondbacks tonight at a price at minus 142. I think it should be a bigger difference in that. The model knows the Rockies are better at home. It is taking that into account. It is giving them an extra home field boost. Zach Allen's a much better pitcher than Jose Urena. Again, a guy who, like I said, has had some good outings this year, but on the whole is not a good pitcher. It's a massive starting pitcher edge. Otherwise, this game is mostly a coin toss, though the Diamondbacks project have a better offense in the Rockies with it being righty on righty, again, Rocky's facing a lefty, a little bit different of a story, but righty on righty, Model says the Diamondbacks have a better offense. They, of course, have better starting pitching. Both sets of relievers are terrible. Games in Denver, that gives the Rockies a boost, but again, this number is a little short according to the model. Minus 142 is a B-grade play for me on Arizona. And again, that's a total of 11.5, and the model says 10.7. So Model says maybe look under. Unders and cores are a little bit scary, but the model thinks that Zach Gallon can hold down this Rockies offense and not score that many runs. I'm not sure if I would play it personally. Again, Urena is terrible, and the Dimebacks in course could score a lot of runs, but the model thinks maybe that wind blowing in, it cooling off a little bit into the 80s as the game goes along, maybe there aren't a lot of runs, but again, with these terrible bullpens, it's not a total I'm excited about going under for sure. It just says that under's a better way to look than over. Pirates of the Giants, 9.05 Eastern, one of the two later games today. Got that B-grade winner on the Giants last night. Going back to the well again here tonight with him at minus 241. Model hasn't really liked backing the Giants lately, and it's kind of liked backing the Pirates. So again, I think now there's just some advantage here to the Giants. I think this number is priced way too low. And again, the fact that the models tend to go the other way tells me this number is too low because I was expecting it to want to back the Pirates here. It's a big number, but I mean, it's a massive starting pitcher discrepancy here between Logan Webb and Tyler Beattie. Uh, similar to what we talked about yesterday, Webb is really good and Beattie's really not. I don't know what else to say about that, right? I will point out that Beattie's underlying metrics are a full run higher than his 357 ERA, projects to be fairly terrible. Those Pirates, the Giants relievers are bad, but the Pirates relievers are terrible. I mentioned it last night. You can always count on them to give up a couple of runs. And that was, you know, the insurance run that the Giants got. Could have easily gotten even more. Weren't able to last night, but still got them that insurance run late, which was nice. Giants offense is above average. Pirates offense is below average. I mean, edge to the Giants everywhere in this game. Model says it should be minus 271 at minus 241. It's a B-grade pick for me on the Giants. It's pretty straightforward. But taking a lot of dogs here. But again, just like with the Astros and just like with the Giants last night, I think this price isn't big enough. I'll be on the favorite here in san francisco and again the model again says over model says 8.6 total is 7.5 just like i said last night though it's a tough total to peg because you're never confident in a good pitcher that the giants are throwing whether it was Rodone last night or webb tonight you're never confident the pirates can score off a guy like that but you do think the giants should be able to score off of the terrible pirates pitchers 
Uh, Weather-wise, we're talking about a fairly standard night in San Francisco. Again, a fairly average ballpark with respect to runs. A little chillier. Ball may not going to fly. But again, at least changing up those dimensions has made it more neutral than it ever has been before. Um, maybe you look pir- uh, Giants team total over, expect them to score some runs. They got to five last night. I think they can probably get to five again tonight. So maybe you're looking over four and a half. Again, you can always count on the Pirates to give up some runs. Maybe that'd be the way I'd play it because um, I'm nervous about the Pirates scoring anything really. And so, again, I'm laying it with the Giants here. I might think Giants team total over might make a little bit of sense as well. And to wrap us up, 9.05 Eastern first pitch, Twins at the Angels. Relatively warm in Anaheim, mid-80s to start, mid-70s to close. Slight breeze blowing out, but dying down as the night goes along. Kind of standard L.A. conditions. Dylan Bundy versus Reed Detmers. Angels have a starting pitcher, Edger, with Detmers. 341 ERA. Underlying metrics do say it should be in the low fours, but I like him more than Bundy, who has a 5 ERA. But also underlying metrics in the low fours. These guys have pitched fairly similar rate statistic-wise. The difference, of course, is that Detmers is going to give you more innings per outing, projects to be a little bit better. Bunny's just not a guy that I like or trust. So edge here with the Angels starting pitcher, but that's, of course, the only place they'll have an edge. The Twins offense light years ahead of the Angels offense in its current form. Relievers, the Twins relievers, so much better than the Angels relievers. The Twins are short favorites. I think make a lot of sense, just like they did last night. Minus 108 to be great pick. Model says it should be Twins minus 119. If this price drops below minus 105 and gets closer to even money, you can maybe talk me into this being an A-grade play. So we'll keep that on our radar for as the day moves along. If this gets some Anaheim money, I think the Twins make a lot of sense. I think they're undervalued. They're not a great team. I think when you talk about the Twins, the Guardians, and the White Sox, and the AL Central, I think they get a worse rap than they deserve. Again, they're not good, and they're not of the caliber that the Astros and the Yankees are in the American League, but I don't think they're quite as bad as the perceptions. I think they're, all three of those teams are, are solid. Of course, the White Sox are just super confusing with everything with them. <laughs> but I think the Twins and the Guardians are decent teams. They get a little disrespect when they start playing teams in other divisions. I think make, making a wager here on the Twins makes a lot of sense. Again, I like 108. Pretty good odds here. Be great pick for me on the Twins. In a game that the model says to go over, model says 9.1, and I'm seeing totals of 8. Model doesn't have any faith here in either one of these pitchers being able to slow down the offense. It's going a little bit warmer night. Ball can kind of fly there in Anaheim when it does get into the mid-80s like it'll start off with, so it needs some early runs. Model thinks that Bundy, not good, and it'll give up a few runs, but that Twins offense, even though Detmers is an average pitcher, that the Twins offense is good enough to take care of that. Talked a lot about when it's, Mediocre pitching versus mediocre hitting, the pitching's one. Good pitching, good hitting, pitching's one. But when we talk about good offense like the Twins against an average pitcher in Detmers, offense should win in that one. So Model thinks the Twins will score plenty of runs. Angels get a few runs too, and the eight's too low. So Model thinks over makes a little bit of sense here. And like I said, I think the Twins make a lot of sense too. It's a B-grade play for me on them. But again, if it gets closer to even money, that might jump up to an A-grade as the day goes on. I'll update Twitter if necessary, update the sheet if necessary, and as well, I will make that pick on the second game of the Braves and Marlins on Twitter and the sheet as well when it gets to that time. Otherwise, at least as of now, I've got three A plays. Guardians plus 108 at the Blue Jays. Cardinals plus 125 at home against the Brewers. And then the Mariners plus 103 at the Rangers. Three plus odd A grade plays. I think make a lot of sense here for our Saturday. And that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. And a reminder, check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more. Lots of fun goodies for you there at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button. Make sure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you Monday. 
But until then, best of luck this weekend. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.